0: As for those who want to make technology sexy. All the product developers, designers, UX, UI professionals, product managers, CTOs and CEOs. And it is for you. My name is Dr. Peter Resca. My friends call me Dr. Peter. I am your host and I am happy that you are here this is the first episode of the human technology podcast i am recording and publishing in the new year in 2022 and i wish all of you all of my listeners um, a happy healthy successful new year I'm uh, planning to travel to the CES, so, so the next episode or the next episodes will be on the CES. And the only um, hurdle I have to pass, the only, only bottleneck is the Corona test that I need to pass this evening. Um, it w- if it will be positive, it will be a negative thing for me because I will not be able to travel. But uh, I'm optimistic uh, that it will be a negative, so it will be a positive for me, and I will be able to, to travel. And uh, for this very first um, episode uh, of this year, I have selected something different. It is on artificial intelligence in the car, or not only in the car, it is around the car, for the car, in mobility, so a couple of thoughts on this one, and um, I hope you like, like it. Those of you that are connected with me for, for a longer time know that I don't like the, the term artificial intelligence, AI, because I believe that artificial and intelligent, they just don't go together. They don't belong together. For me, intelligence is always linked to life so it's always natural it's never artificial and better terms are machine learning or self-learning software learning software self-improving software so there are a few terms out there that i used every now and then um that, that that i find much better that that meet the phenomenon far far better but since the term artificial intelligence is used by almost everyone in the industry and the technology, and even outside, even the the, the public knows this term artificial intelligence, so it is reality. Um, and and this is why I I I'm I'm using this as well in this in this context here. So to not confuse anyone and, and to be consistent with the rest of of the world. Artificial intelligence is there. It is a uh, reality. And there, there is a phenomenon called singularity, which means that the artificial intelligence is more intelligent uh, than humans are, and machines take over. Machines build new machines, and uh, the uh, artificial intelligence builds new intelligence. And uh, for me, um, th- this is called singularity, and um, I think this is pretty far away, and I even doubt that it will ever come. Nevertheless, very often uh, when when we interact with artificial intelligence, uh, for example, with a chatbot or with a voice recognition system, we do not really know: um, do, are, are we communicating with a human, or are we communicating? With a machine, and uh, this makes us feel a little unsecure, unsafe, uh, not not very well. And this uh, the situation is called the Uncanny Valley. This uh, it gets creepy in the Uncanny Valley, and that's what it's for. I mean, on one end, you will have an interaction where you clearly know I'm interacting with a machine. For example, if you go to an ADM, or if you type into your computer, if you um, interact with your smartphone, I mean, you know it's a machine. And then there is a situation when you are absolutely sure that you're interacting with a human. I'm I'm talking to a person, I'm, I'm writing, I'm texting with a person... And um, in between these two, uh, I mean, and the the, the, the usual, usual thing is that the better um, the, the uh, machine gets, the more human it gets, the better the user experience is. So if it is really machine-like behavior and, and very, very bulky, then we do not feel very well. And then we feel better if it gets more humane, if, if it's uh, more like a human-style interaction... But then there is this point where we are not really sure is this human or is this not human. And this is called the uncanny valley. And we feel unsafe, unsecure. We do not feel good. It's it's creepy if we are not really sure is this a human or is this a machine I'm talking to. And once we are through the uncanny valley, so if we improve the artificial intelligence so that every user things i am interacting with the human meaning this is um, yeah mean, meaning that the turing test was passed the turing test is a test where uh humans have to decide do i interact with a machine or do i interact with a human and if we say yes this is a human but it is in fact a machine then the turing test is passed so yeah, so so short before the Turing test is passed, we have this uncanny valley, and and we need to avoid this uh, because this uh, in the uncanny valley, um, that's the worst case scenario for for user experience. So uh, if we don't feel well, we we have this negative experience. So for me, artificial intelligence applications need to be clearly marked as substitute for intelligence or intelligence artificial intelligence uh, or um, yeah something like this there's a clear mark uh, saying hey this is artificial intelligence you're talking to now and then then that's okay then we avoid the uncanny valley we uh, will avoid the singularity that may come up one day Uh, we need to clearly state hey this is artificial intelligence A few words before we get into into the automotive applications of, of AI is how how does it work in, in general? So there is an algorithm. It's it's a piece of software, and, and this algorithm is fed with data. It receives data from from the outside, and the algorithm changes itself based on the data and with that it changes the feedback the output it delivers different results because it changed itself and the uh, uh, the idea is that that i put a lot of data into such an algorithm and um, if it is a fresh algorithm it will react in one way and if i do this for a year or two and still use it and, and it's getting used to me, then it will behave differently. So One, one example are these high-end uh, voice recognition systems you find in some cars today. When you start talking to them, they have a pretty good recognition rate, but they get better over time because they learn your accent, they learn the way you speak, but they also learn your, your behaviors and your preferences. And So so these, these uh, algorithms get better over time. And this is a typical uh thing for artificial intelligence A big problem is that the results of an artificial intelligence are heavily influenced are heavily biased have heavily distorted based on the data you use to feed the AI and this is one of the big problems I will come back to that one a little later but uh, this this is a big big problem that you have you don't know what this, software algorithm is doing with the data and whether it is a good or bad set of data uh, by means of, of of learning for for the software all right let's go into the automotive world applications of artificial intelligence in the automotive world There are basically two locations where artificial intelligence can be active. One is in or around the vehicle. So you have this mobility artifact and directly connected to that. There are a couple of applications and we will talk about a few of them. And then there is the ecosystem around the vehicle. And I mean, vehicles have always required certain amounts of infrastructure around them so if you have a car you need a road you need a gas station you need workshops to repair your car you need traffic signs and infrastructure and so road furniture all all this is required uh to to run a vehicle and this goes into the digital space today and then it's called the ecosystem so I'm, i'm having an app to control my car i have a web portal Um, I have uh, data access points. And so this is the ecosystem, the digital data ecosystem around the vehicle. And so these are the two two locations in the artifact or around the artifact and in in the mobility system. Artificial intelligence can perform basically three tasks. The first one is sensing. So it can sense the data, it can record data, collect information, can combine it, it can interpret it. Um, so it is basically the first thing uh, in, in an information processing thing is always getting the data together, collecting the data. And this is what uh, artificial intelligence can do, can support. The second uh, thing AI can do is thinking. For example, predicting problems, predicting problems with the vehicle, predicting problems with traffic, predicting problems with the driver, with him or her. Uh, is is she or is he healthy in the car or is he fit or uh, vigilant? or So, yeah, this, this thinking, uh, prediction of problems, seeing problems, analyzing problems. This is what an AI can do. And the third thing. And artificial intelligence can do is taking action, doing things, supporting the driver, decision making, route finding, adapting the driving behavior to to, to preferences of the driver. And then uh, taking over distinctive uh, uh, driving activities. Or that is the very end of the idea. One of the big hopes in uh, automated driving is artificial intelligence. Or the other way around, one of the big uh, planned uh, application areas and traffic of artificial intelligence is uh, autonomous driving. And then uh, the artificial intelligence takes over the entire driving activities so let's go into the first part uh, the applications in the vehicle so what what can we do in the vehicle and being an hmi pro- per person hmi punk hmi expert hmi guru human machine interfaces the relationship between humans and machines between cars and drivers um, that, that, that is in, in, in one of my professional focuses and so the HMI adaption the personalization of the vehicle the improvement of, of user experience of usability and at the very end higher safety and security that is a role that artificial intelligence can can play how does it work I said that uh, you need certain data uh, input. And then what what are the parameters in this data that you need as an input for an artificial intelligence? So a couple of the data is on the driver. And there are constant parameters like age, like driving experience, like like size of the driver. Um, So is it a very, very small person or is it a very tall person? Um, that has an influence, for example, on the viewing angle and on the entire ergonomics of the vehicle or um, the, the, the sitting position, the sitting position in a car. So, they are, they are, uh, all this is data, constant parameters. They, they do not change short term on a driver. And there are more flexible changing parameters on drivers like level of fatigue, state of health. ...vigilance, alertness, maybe even the level of aggression, all that goes into um, uh, the artificial intelligence as flexible parameters related to the driver. Other parameters are the driving behavior. Do we have a safe driver, an experienced driver or an unsafe driver... Then it's uh, the driving situation with all its parameters like traffic density. Do I drive in an urban or rural area? What type of road is it? Is it a minor road or is it a highway? Um, Or am I alone in the car? Um, Do I drive as a couple or do I drive in in a group, as a family? Um, My personal experience in this one is when, when I'm alone in the car, I use the voice recognition far more often because I just do it and then it's easy and fast. But if, if I'm uh, with, in the car with someone else, maybe a person I don't know too well, then I don't do this because uh, it, may be, or it will be embarrassing if the car doesn't understand me. You know, I say driving destination Main Street 51. And the car is asking back, what did you say? I didn't understand you. I mean, that's embarrassing, right? And so you won't do that when you are with a group in the car, but uh, maybe you just do it when when you are alone in the car. Then beyond the driving situation, we have all the external conditions like weather, like time of day, like lighting conditions. Do I have a sunset or is it bright outside or is it at night? Um, So... All this is uh, in there. And then we have the vehicle use cases that go into um, the algorithm. For example, am I driving to work? Am I commuting? Am am I driving to the office? Is it a more leisure, fun driving thing? Am I driving on Highway 1 just to have this driving experience? Or uh, am I driving downtown LA to, to drive to a shop? is it uh, a professional or private driving so do i have a taxi or a uber driver Um, or do i have a delivery truck that i'm driving so do i do i transport goods so all these are use cases for the car that uh, will be fed into the artificial intelligence and at the end of the day adapt the entire car adapt the hmi to the situation to the driver, uh, to, to, to the context uh, we are in. And the second question related to that is, what are the parameters we can change? What, what, what can we adapt in there? And so the, the main thing is the functionality. What is offered to a driver? What is offered when? And what is offered with what priority? when uh, for example when i have manual driving and uh, i'm in an unknown traffic situation then probably the phone will not be offered or a very old example without any artificial intelligence and that that, that, that's 20 years old um when when you have a tv tuner in your car and you can watch tv that TV picture is only presented when the car is standing, when it's not driving. And when you drive, um, then, then the screen is turned off uh, for safety reasons. And you can only hear um, the, the, the sound of the TV. So, I mean, that, this is, this is a functionality that is adapted based on, for example, the driving situation or the driver condition or, wherever you, or whatever parameter you may take into account. The second parameter you can adapt is the HMI structure, the, the interaction design, for example, the number of options in a single menu and uh, what can I do in, in a certain situation or um, is it is it more linear process is a more p- parallel process that I'm taken through in a certain interaction situation. And the third part you can influence is the entire graphic design, screen design, all the colors, the contrasts, the different fonts. Uh, so, so, for example, if the car realizes, I mean, I'm, um, I will be 60 in a few years, meaning I get a bit farsighted. And so if the car knows that I'm in there and it's getting dark, I'm, I'm having problem reading smaller fonts. So it will select based on an artificial intelligence algorithm a larger font for me and, and present it. It may not look as beautiful anymore, but I can still read it. And uh, that is a typical example. The same goes for colors and then contrasts on, on and in the HMI and in the entire interaction uh, devices. One area where there is a lot of hope in, for artificial intelligence is automated driving. So the artificial intelligence algorithm will learn a lot about driving, driving behavior, Uh, will learn a lot about uh, traffic situations, will learn to analyze it um, so that uh, automated driving gets gets easier, gets uh, safer, gets better, gets smoother. And the problem is the mastering of the complexity. Very often you are facing unusual or rare traffic situations. And this is one of the big problems. I'm spoiling here a bit about uh, when when I will talk about the problems a little later. But um, these rare traffic situations, they are a bottleneck because they don't happen too often. But uh, artificial intelligence needs a lot of data to... To, to learn and, and so and in these rare and, and unusual traffic situations uh, we may face quite some problems until we solve that with with AI another thing in ultimate, automated driving is optimizing the route uh, for example for for shared taxis so if I have three people on board and there are two more and I have five um, that I will collect at different locations and I will drop them all at different locations and then I can use an AI algorithm maybe that one will also tell me, oh, there is a 90% chance that two more will enter your shared taxi, your shuttle bus. Um, so be prepared for that. And I mean, all this is possible with, with an artificial intelligence. You can optimize the driving behavior uh, in automated driving. So uh, we, we all have different levels of acceptance, for example, on speed, on, on, on lateral, G forces that we have, basically meaning how fast do we drive around curves or corners, and uh, we have the entire the distances. For example, how much space do you need around the car to feel safe and to, uh, to feel well, and, and this differs. So, uh, I mean, I'm I'm a pretty fast driver, and I don't need too much space around me. And I know that there are others that that are not as fast, and that they they need more space around their car to feel good. So that is also something that an uh, automated driving procedure needs to consider. Yeah, And uh, then uh, the last point here is the monitoring of the driver. So we need to ensure the correct behavior depending on the level of automation that a vehicle has. So if if, uh, we automate on, on level zero, meaning there is no automation, the driver needs to be fully active all the time and On on level three, uh, he or she is allowed to pull him or herself out of the driving loop and do something. But uh, he or she needs to be ready to return within within a short time frame and controlling that, monitoring the driver, uh, surveilling the driver and saying, hey, uh, you uh, need to do something different. You are not ready here for level two. You are out of the control loop. Please remain in the loop and, and control the car driving for you. So... This this is also something where I see applications of uh, artificial intelligence. And then there are areas like predictive maintenance, um, detecting where, uh, informing the driver, booking appointments in the workshop, ordering parts. And this is also an area where artificial intelligence will play a strong role in vehicles in the near future. I am, I mean, I have NDAs, non-disclosure disclosure agreements with uh, all my clients, so I, I'm not allowed to talk about uh, concrete projects. But there is one funded by the German government, uh, where I am uh, part of. It's called the Kali project, and it is on artificial intelligence in cars. And there are three big work packages. And uh, two of them uh, are the ones I've just discussed. One is the HMI adjustment. And uh, how can I adapt an HMI to to based on, on artificial intelligence, to, to a driver, to a situation, to a context? And uh, how can I get the level compliant behavior? And the third uh, part of that project is fighting motion sickness in automated cars this is, uh, I won't talk anymore about this one, but this is the third work package that we have in this uh, project funded by the German government. So let's move on to the applications in the mobility ecosystem that we have. What, are, why, 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 what is the, the use for this? What is the benefit that we can get out of artificial intelligence in this context? So one is uh, sustainability of mobility, sustainable mobility. Uh, how can we optimize traffic flows? How can we optimize energy consumption? I mean, this this is um, yeah a core point. Another one is the human centric mobility, not technology centred, not sustainability centred, but it's human centred. So we have humans with certain needs, with mobility needs, with abilities, with uh, yeah, capabilities. And uh, so we need to to turn mobility human centric, and we can use artificial intelligence for that one. Resilient mobility. So if uh, a, a train fails, if a bus doesn't come, uh, if if my car breaks down, how can how can I remain mobile? How can I uh, keep mobility up and, and alive? And uh, then uh, last but not least, forecasting and solving traffic problems as, as traffic jams um, that that we're having there. Artificial intelligence can be involved in the the planning of transport tasks, like long-term and short-term transportation, um, planning of routes, uh, coordination between different modes. All that is uh, possible. Then um, an area where artificial intelligence faces, from my point of view, a big uh, application area is multimodal transports meaning the combination of different transport modes. So today I have um, different apps for, for my, my public transport in Stuttgart and one for public transport in, in Berlin. Then I have an app for, for my car, for car sharing cars, for scooters, for bicycles. And, uh, and these apps don't, don't work with each other. So they, don't, don't, they are not, not anyhow coordinated. And so in the future, I can foresee one single app with artificial intelligence uh, combining all the possibilities, all of that, uh, depending on parameters um, like like the user, the time of day, the destination, the purpose of the trip. Do I need to transport something or not? Or the weather, for example. Yeah, If, if it's a rainy day, it may not be the best suggestion to take a sharing bicycle. So maybe maybe the underground would be better in that, in that case. And calculating all of that and, and uh, creating the best possible combination of means of transport um, to determine the best route, to, to find the best solution for, for, for a single user, that is a huge area where I see applications of artificial intelligence. Then everything around fleet management, uh, transport fleets, car sharing providers, for example, they use artificial intelligence to position, to place the cars into the right locations. Where and when is um, a car needed and uh, do I I have a chance to put one there? Then the optimization of charging strategies for electric vehicles. Uh, I I was, uh, over New Year's Eve, I was up in Berlin, and um, that's from from, uh, the Stuttgart area, where I uh, uh, am at the moment. It's about a five and a half hours drive. And uh, I usually drive about half the distance, then I fuel my car up. I add another 500 kilometers of distance into my car, and I continue driving. And so I end up with five and a half hours. And... This is basically not possible with electric vehicles today. So you have longer charging times. Maybe you need to charge more than once uh, on, on a five or six or seven hours drive. And uh, so, so all the driving behavior, um, the the route planning, all the charging stations, all that uh, shall be shall be handled by, with an artificial intelligence algorithm. So for for the ride from Stuttgart to Berlin, it can take basically three different routes and. If uh, the data says that there is no charging stations on the route via Nuremberg, then I will drive uh, through Erfurt and, and, and uh, we'll find an open charging station there. So the, the creation of a route, a route plan and a loading plan, um, that is also uh, AI-based. Then the entire control of the charging infrastructure, that's more from a service point of view, service provider point of view, Uh, Where are they located? Where are the positions of the charging stations? Uh, What is the number? How many do I need here and there? Um, Also a thing that you can solve with that. And then the application that do not circle around a single person or single trip or a single car, um, but applications that control the entire transportation system. For example, the, the control and the distribution of traffic, so if, if I know that a certain I already sent three cars on a certain route, and I know there will probably be a traffic jam soon, I can send another ten cars on different routes around this traffic jam, and uh, reduce the entire um, amount of of traffic jam or the time spent in traffic jams uh, significantly. You can send users to different modes of transport and, and, and on different routes and saying, hey, um, the underground is completely full. How about taking a bicycle? And, and by the way, it would be a nice exercise. You haven't done any in the past week. And uh, you can minimize pollution. You can minimize traffic jams and you can minimize travel uh, 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 times that you have. A few open points um, that uh, we need to consider when using artificial intelligence in vehicles. In uh, theory, the algorithm itself, the car software, is not too much of a problem. There are open source algorithms and uh, you can use that, you can adapt it. Uh, and the big problem here is the data that you need to feed the artificial intelligence. You can get awfully wrong results if you feed biased data, if you feed distorted data into an algorithm. And then this algorithm then believes uh, it's doing its best job. But at the end of the day, it's pretty much stupid what, what, what this algorithm is doing, because it was fed with the wrong data. Then uh, it is the programming of the right algorithm, the the adaptation of specific algorithm, um, and uh, then it is connected to a business model. In some of the applications, it's not really clear. I mean, the advantages and then the use cases they're all clear, but the, the, the question is: Is there a business model behind this, or am I just wasting time and money? And the third point the third open point in using ai and vehicles from my point of view is the major point that is that the algorithm itself the, the 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 way it develops cannot be predicted meaning it cannot be tested and the the automotive industry is producing very reliable products and one of the reasons is everything is highly tested under different conditions but If you test an artificial intelligence algorithm, you would change the algorithm because it would react on your testing procedure. And then it will deliver different results. And so you cannot predict these results. And I mean, there are ways out of this. Um, There is a discussion in this, but um, I still see this as a major problem um, that we have with artificial intelligence. We are at the very beginning of the development. Everything connected with AI, particularly uh, AI in vehicles, around vehicles, and in mobility ecosystems. There are more applications than um, we realize out there, but it is still a long way to go until we will have them beneficial in and around vehicles. Okay, at the very end, a few points uh, to summarize this episode. Artificial intelligence is on the way to play a crucial role in the areas of cars and mobility. Applications in the vehicle are for the driver, for the route, and the car. They are under development. Some of them are realized in the car, and there's a lot more in the development pipeline. Applications to control the entire traffic system are under development, and a few of them are already active they're working and some applications have already been implemented but it will take many 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 years to fully realize the entire potential of artificial intelligence in and around cars so if you liked this podcast if you like the human technology podcast why not recommending it to one or two other persons in your network the more people listen to it the more get information out of this this will make me very happy and it will bring it will rank the the uh, it will rank the the podcast itself much higher on the on the respective platforms which again will allow more people to listen to me and to learn and to take away things on the relationship between humans and technology. That's it for today. Thank you for spending time with me. I hope you were able to take something with you and do something for yourself that will be forever. For an ongoing exchange, you will find me on LinkedIn and on my websites, Rusker.com and beyond-hmi.de. Write me an email on the podcast at beyond-hmi.de. You know Tune in next time. Take care and stay healthy.